Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But the advantage is played. Oh, De Gea has made a right mess of it. He's gone through him. And West Ham United take the lead. A goal gifted to them by another David De Gea error. Good win. Looking, waiting. Good one. Doesn't need support. Great good one. Adelaide soccer who starts strikes again. In it comes and Lafondra. With ten minutes to go, puts Sydney FC into the lead. Scoring for the fifth consecutive game. Is that the crucial blow that sends Sydney through to the last four? Yes, hello again. Good to have you with us for another edition of the Global Game here on SEN. A very intense first weekend of finals. Football is behind us, and that's the focus of our show tonight. We'll review the A-League men's elimination finals, which saw Adelaide United and Sydney FC progress to the last four. We'll look ahead to those two-legged semi-finals in the company of Central Coast Mariners coach Nick Montgomery. On the day the Premier League announced a new initiative to broadcast VAR audio, we'll speak to former A-League referee Matthew Breeze. Spencer Pryor on a nip-and-tuck Premier League title race and the desperate scrap at the bottom. Alicia Carnabas on Sam Kerr's injury scare in the women's game. And Paul Williams wraps up a big night for the Urawa Red Diamonds as they become Asian champions for the third time. It's all to come over the next two hours here on The Global Game on SEN. Yeah, great to have you with us this Tuesday night, as usual, for two hours football talk. As ever, we've got a prize to give away, a Global Game T-shirt with the resplendent face of Alex Brosk and the slightly uglier one of me on the front of it, <laughs> courtesy of striptease. That will go to our best texter, tweeter or caller of the night. 1300 011170 is our number. You can text us 0457 736 736 or tweet us at Global Game SEN. Talking of Twitter, Alex Brosk has taken the plunge. Ooh. I have, and I'm trying to work this out, and it is a nightmare. <laughs> you're trying to do your first tweet yes, to promote am, the show, and you're, you're late already. I am late, and I can't get a goal. <laughs> <laughs> this might be my job get the break. There. I'll get there. Oh, dear. What, what persuaded you to, to make that quantum leap? Oh, oh, to be fair, a few things, a few things. I realised um, there's probably a bit more. There's a few things that I... Uh, um, in terms of charities and things like that, that I that I do, and I feel like I should you be should doing promote. a little yes. bit more. And um, yeah, so I went to one for the Sydney FC Foundation last week, and, and sitting there watching. 
the great work everyone does and just sitting there thinking, no, I could be, I could be doing more, you know? So right, they got me. I'll give it a week. <laughs> um, Alex Molchanoff, on a slightly more serious note, obviously we, we saw the, the, the boycotts by the Cove at the weekend. You and Broski obviously are very closely connected with uh, Sydney FC. Now they've backtracked today. They've decided that their boycott is over because they've had further conversations with Danny Townsend and the APL who've given them further assurances. Now the Yarra ends, Melbourne City, of course they face in the semifinals, have put out a statement saying they are standing firm and their boycotts will continue. And of course, it's all blowing up on social media. Um, wh- what do you make of all this? Was it the right thing to do? I had my say on Offsiders on ABC on Sunday. I think my initial reaction was it undercuts what they did last weekend a little bit. Mm. I think they've made the stand in the in the most meaningful game that they could. So that's obviously catalyzed some action, which is a positive step. Is it not the most Australian football thing, though, that even when we agree, we still disagree? <laughs> yeah, um, of course. And the fact that the the City fans are, are still going to continue that boycott, I, I don't know. I It doesn't actually – it doesn't uh, scream of a united front, does it, when you've got one side doing no. one thing and one the other? Well, I mean, is there ever a united front in football in Australia? However, the, the APL have assured the uh, supporter groups – that uh, these fan representation committees, or at least uh, the expressions of interest for those committees, uh, will be up and running by the end of the final series. So I guess uh, the APL are now beholden to that, which mm-hmm. is progress That's of a sort, which, which is a good thing. Uh, and at the end of the day, Broski, what we want is the supporters back in the grounds all over the country, not just the Cove or the Yarra End or all the other active fans, but we want bigger numbers in the stadiums across the board. Yeah, of course, that's when our game is at its best, when it's it's most colourful and fans in the stadium. Um, so look, this is a this is unfortunate that it's sort of gotten to this point, but hopefully, um, you know, I, I guess there has been a timeline put on this, and we do start to see some action. The fans are happy, and and we move on uh, in a in a in a happier way for next yep. season. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on that or anything else in the world of football, send us a text, 0457-736-736. Matt has done just that. Evening, boys. Uh, Just want to give a shout-out to Newcastle local John Brady. Yeah, great story, this. Securing promotion this morning with Northampton Town. Uh, Another great export from the Newcastle region, doing good things, says Matt. Uh, And also, he wants to say what an experience the Sydney Derby was. He travelled down as a neutral fan with his son, uh, and he says it's the closest we have to a European-style electric atmosphere. Um, he was just disappointed that the Cove weren't there as well. Well, we just uh, sort of spoke about that, Matt. But thank you for your text. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, terrific achievement by John Brady. Um, they kept him on as inter- – he was interim coach to start off with mm. when they went down last year. And they stuck with him, and they've got their award, and he's taken them up to League One. So congratulations, uh, to John Brady and everybody at Northampton Town. We tried to get him on the show a couple of times without success, but we will ma- perhaps try again now he's got a promotion. Uh, let's get into Starter for Five then. Here we go. Question one, Alex Brosk. The fallout from the Sydney derby. Milos Ninkovic's appearance in the Sydney FC dressing room was just a show of fair play or poking the bear, and he should have stayed away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I think I think it's unfortunate, again, you know. Um, no, don't seeing, be di- diplomatic, seeing the scenes. No, on. look, I, there's, a, there's a couple things here, right? Obviously, Milos going in is is uh, is nothing new to me. I mean, the guy, fantastic uh, person, and, and it shows his class and, and the respect that he has of guys that he mm. played with. The only thing I think is, you know, 
he definitely has bad blood. With, there is bad blood between him and Steve Corica. You could see it at times on the sideline as well. In him walking into the change room, it was obviously going to spark a reaction, right? He, he would have to have known. Did he know that, what he was doing? Know? Yeah. I don't know that he went in there looking for it, but in going in there, it, it was going to happen, you mm. know? So he probably could have avoided it. That, that's my only thing. Can you, can you tell me something? As a former footballer as, as you are, was that a, a regular thing that happened, particularly after big games, that players from the opposition would occasionally come into the dressing room and say, yep, well done, go around and shake hands or, or not? No, it never happened. And, and to be fair, uh, especially in a derby, it, derby, it would never have happened. But in saying that, it, something this big has never happened before either. A player mm. like Milos Ninkovic, a Sydney FC legend, having played there as long as he did, has never crossed um, before. So it, it's... It's just never happened like that before. I'll tell you the surprising thing for me was, and we knew that they'd had a fallout yeah. over the transfer or the the offer of the contracts that Milos didn't want or, or didn't think was good enough. But I didn't realise just how deep that fallout was. And that obviously was the evidence yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, both were very hurt by each other's comments, yeah. you know. Um, and and that's that's just stayed simmering underneath and, mm. and, uh, and we saw it, you know, boil over on the weekend. Question two, Alex Molchanov, Sam Kerr's injury scare. Hopefully not too serious, but a worry ahead of the World Cup because there's no plan B or no, I believe that there is. So let's just wait and see. You know, greatest ever goal scorer. Consistently in the discussion for the Ballon d'Or, there's no plan B. It's Sam Kerr or bust Mm. for us at the World Cup. So, yes, it is a concern. Thankfully, it doesn't look too serious. Emma Hayes came out after the game saying that Sam had been sick most of the week, wasn't going to play, and then just ended up cramping up. So fortunately, it doesn't look to be anything too serious. But Steph Catley going down during the week as well with another injury problem. Uh, I'm actually more concerned about her fitness ahead of the World Cup at the moment. Sam hopefully just takes it easy in the run up to the end of the FAWSL season. Fingers crossed she is okay. Um, and uh, we'll speak a bit later on with Alicia Carnavas about uh, several other players who are not getting game time at the moment. Uh, question three, Broski, have you got the tweets out? I have. Yeah, we he's done it. First ever tweet. At uh, Alex Brosk14, his old shirt number. If you want to follow Broski, he's only got a handful of followers at the moment, so get around him. Yeah, so he'll see it if you tweet at him as yeah. well. So that's <laughs> not, I've told not, you. That's the other reason I'll give I it a join week. Simon. They join the fight, mate. They're getting the arguments with you, buddy. I'll give it a week. <laughs> uh, question three, Broski. Two-legged semifinals. A really good initiative that builds the tension or teams finishing one and two should play in a major semi-final. That should be the convention. Look, I, I do like that. I, I like the way that it used to be where, you know, teams one and two, they play in a home and away uh, semi-final, and then the loser plays against the winner of all the other games. A preliminary final. Yes. They did away with that, didn't they? Because apparently the crowds weren't great for that prelimin- preliminary final. So being the first leg of these semifinals or not really because you're still – no, not really. You're still going to get the home crowd um, going out to support their team, right? It's, it could be their last game. So, yeah, maybe this is the best way to do it in terms of crowds, mm. I guess. To be honest, I'd, I'd like uh, two legs all the way through the finals. Mm. I'd, I think that would be great because it does build tension if you're taking a narrow lead away from home. Yep. But uh, anyway, there's obviously a, a reason why they don't play two legs well, uh, for the like, elimination. Ima- imagine like a home and away Sydney derby. Oh. That we would have had in the elimination final. But it almost, yeah, I get it. I get it. But I don't see, for me, a knock. there's nothing like a one-off yeah. knockout game. Okay. You know? uh, question four, Alex Moltenoff. Leo Messi's fallout with Paris Saint-Germain. 
Uh, time for him to join Ronaldo in more peaceful surrounds, or he deserves to have one last hurrah at European grounds. Now, before you answer that, we should say that within the last couple of hours, AFP, which is a pretty respected news organisation, is reporting that Messi to Saudi Arabia is a done deal, along with Sergio Busquets. We'll talk to Paul Williams in more detail about it a bit later on. But what's your thoughts? It's been moving this way for a while, hasn't it? Yeah. I think Fabrizio Romano put out that Al Halal put this offer in like a month ago. So this has been bubbling under the surface. I, I'd love to see him back at Barcelona just yeah. for everything that would go with that. I, I think it's a real shame that it, if that's where these two great players, you know, end their careers. And I know players have gone overseas to sort of grow the game, but this is a little bit different with the money that's being thrown at them and, and where it's coming from. Uh, it sits fairly uncomfortably yeah. with me. Let's put it that way. More to come on that with Paul Williams uh, towards the end of the show. Question five, Broski, a VAR audio to be broadcast post-game in the English Premier League. It'll make the concept much easier to sell or no, it just risks us becoming more like the NFL. So when you say post-game, I mean... So they're going to do it basically, I'd imagine, in a discussion yeah. show or a magazine program. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Well, look, which is a good start, I think. At least we... Mm. At least we you know, don't have to wonder what how they came to decisions, but it'd be great to, to get it live. You know, it'd be great to hear what what's being said. I wouldn't say being broadcast over the stadium, but at least on TV, the you know, we can hear that conversation that's taking place. But good start. We, we want to know how they're thinking, how they get to decisions. So I think it's a good thing. Yep. In-game for me. That yeah. needs yeah. to happen if we're going to keep VAR, but that's just my opinion. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, send us a text, 0457-736-736. Uh, this one from Jaden in Maidstone. Where's Maidstone? Is that, that, that's Victoria, isn't it? Uh, Melbourne oh, City and Brighton fan is Jaden. So I'm assuming it's somewhere in Victoria. I haven't heard of Maidstone. I know Maidstone in Kent. Uh, and Jaden says, uh, Simon, I'm a big fan of you and your commentary. Thank you. I've ordered your book and I look forward to reading it. Thank you for contributing to my pension, Jaden. That's very kind of you. Uh, the A-League should try to get Jamie Vardy as a marquee next season if Leicester go down. I think he's the kind of personality and big name the league needs and he put bums on seats. I think that's a good show. Would Great he come? Um, well, that's the question, right? I mean, we try and lure a lot of big names here and, and a lot of times it does come down to money. But um, oh, someone like him, he would be great. Should we get onto Harry Souter and tell him to put the word in his ear? <laughs> He's a teammate of his at Leicester. You want him to keep him there to help him out. Yeah, no, it's a good shout. Uh, I like that one, Jaden. Thanks very much for your text. Keep them coming in. We're off to our first quick break. On the other side of it, we will review the two elimination finals.